Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava Jesus Christo. An angel will go before him to prepare him in his ways. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The prophecy of the prophet is fulfilled in today's gospel. And the angel that went forth before our blessed Lord was John. So sometimes you wonder about the meaning of the different ceremonies and the liturgy. And so I am a mitered archpriest and a demandrite. And so I have one rubric that's different than the parish priest or the lower priest. I'm, an, I'm what they call an elevated priest. So anyway, uh, I go in and make the entrance and uh, the boys uh, pick up a candle. The candle is called the John the Baptist candle. And I incense around the holy table and they stand on the other side of me and they escort me. And they do that for the bishop and other occasions too. Uh, but usually that particular rubric is not done except by archpriests. But why I mention it is that uh, John was the light that came into the world to prepare the way of the Lord. And in the visitation, John lamps in his mother's womb because Jesus was close to him in his mother's womb. And already they recognized each other. It's not possible for man, it's possible for God. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Happy feast day. It's the birthday of John the Baptist. And we celebrate three cycles, especially in the liturgy. The first one is the birthday and feast of our Lord. The second one is the birth and feast day of our Blessed Lady. And the third one is the birth and feast day of John the Baptist. And they color the liturgical year. And of course, the seasons do also. And the great feast, the Feast of Feasts, uh, uh, resets the whole liturgy every year according to the date of Easter. It's important for us to understand our liturgy because we learn a lot about everything. About everything. And today, I guess, they overturned Roe versus Wade, which excited Basil's series, The Pilgrim Here with His Wife and Family. He's all excited about that. I'm not too excited because the, the Supreme uh, Court has no authority over life, only God. It should protect life. But I'm afraid of the reaction. It's not known too broadly because the bishops don't want us to talk about it. But last year, 100 Catholic parishes were burnt in the United States. So that scares me a little bit. So 
I don't want any more parishes of people hurt. In our clergy meeting two years ago, they told us about three strange people came into the church. They were strangers to the parish. They didn't look strange. They went to the front of the church. You know, we have ushers in our parishes. They're supposed to watch. And they took out a gun and shot people. So we have motives with the truth. And the truth is this. Every child that's conceived makes God happy. It's God's yes to life. And who puts the breath into that child when it's born is God. And when we start go get old and start falling apart, God takes the breath out of our body. And we go please we go to heaven. The birth of John the Baptist is like a sign of light upon the world. But of course, the world is never happy to feel, to feel or sight the truth. And so he's preaching the way of his, the Lord. He said to the Lord, I'm not worthy to tie his sandal. They were cousins. In my grandmother's house, my uh, southern grandmother, there was a picture on the wall, a good-sized picture, of Jesus and John the Baptist's children playing together. And every time I'd go there, I would look at that. And I would think to myself, wouldn't that be grand if (laughs) you could play as a child with our Lord? And in the Apocrypha Gospels of James, they say pictures of the Jesus, put pictures of Jesus's childhood, and uh, he was playing, and he would make he'd make little birds and things out of sticks and stones, and he'd go like this, and they would fly. Well, that's not in the gospel. I'm very entertained by those things, but I'm so uh, I'm still being quiet about the whole situation. Because I know this, we are, as Catholics, are not perfect, we are sinners. Even the priests are sinners, but we know we're sinners. That's valuable information for us, that we can repent, but we strive towards perfection. And God knows we're sinners, and he wants us to strive for perfection. And we have failures, but we shouldn't murder people or children. It's wrong. Or our neighbor. It's been a pretty difficult week for me this past week because Dr. Martinick, his son, 49 years old, uh, they found him dead under circumstances that maybe he took his own life. Never, never take your own life. Yes, there's pain in life. Live with it. It's not as great as the pain that Jesus Christ did for you as he died upon the cross. This feast is the perfect pro-life feast and the visitation 
Brother John and our Lord recognize each other in their mother's womb. Magnificent. It puts us at the center of God's wish for salvation. And there can be no salvation. I preached at the funeral. Two priests preached. That was the second one. The pastor did the first sermon, which is proper. I've known the family many years. I didn't particularly know the boy, but because uh, he'd been raised far from us. But um, when the clan gets together for a funeral of a child, I remember Elizabeth told me one time when I lost my mother, I said, I should die. My father said to me on the phone, he says, you should not die. You have to go on. And Elizabeth, she says to me, well, parents are supposed to die before children. Well, that's normally true, but then we have these tragic situations. And so Elizabeth was right and my dad was right. Besides, I'm a priest. I have to go on. And I have to do God's will. And I have to wait for the angel of death to come for me. And I hope it's a, I've been good enough that he'll take me to heaven. So my life is a life of penance, as all of our lives should be. But I'm happy to do that because I want to be with God. And we should do nothing to jeopardize that. Now, the secret of John the Baptist was he knew the society in which he was living was an adulterous society, a lenient society, a permissive society. Don't we still live in that society? We have to counteract that. And there's going to be a battle now. The, the, the friends of darkness who think they have the right to defend people's right to kill each other. It's not our right. It's not our right to destroy. I could never understand how a man could marry a woman and want to kill the fruit of his, of his body. How could you be like that? It's, it's against nature. We live here on this little sort of a makeshift farm, little. And uh, one of the things about keeping the animals around is m many of our men that come here are very innocent. They've been raised very innocent, and they want to be monks. But it's good to see life. It's good to see things conceived and born. They have to learn that lesson. That lesson. It's good to see how they came into the world. It's good to see why life is a treasure. Only God can give and only God can take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This beautiful feast of the birth of John the Baptist was a light to the world to prepare the path, which was prophesied by Isaiah. Whose path was he preparing? His cousin's. Jesus Christ. He did not have an easy job. 
because nobody really wanted to get the message. Some wanted the Messiah, some will receive the Messiah, and some will say he's not yet come. When I was at St. Joseph's home in Peekskill, New York, I worked with a lot of children, 400 children, and they were all either, their parents were either dead or they're in prison or they were, they weren't on on the scene. And there was no one for them to be with, so they came from, to the St. Joseph's home. Beautiful place. And so uh, the Reverend Mother there said to me one day, she says, Brother Joseph, there's a Jewish lady here. And she wants to talk to somebody. Will you go out and talk to her? So I said, Mother, why should I be the person? She said, you know what to say. She said, God will teach you what to say. So it was a beautiful day there, like the day is today. And there were benches there. <laughs> and there was a large uh, sarcophagus there made of stones with all the bones of um, nuns that had died for, you know, for a long time. And what they would do is they'd put them in the crypt under the church, and later on they would take the bones out and put them in this large crypt with a big cross over it. So we went to uh, sit there. And she says to me, Brother, I love my mother. And she died. And I can't believe there's nothing else going to happen. I can't believe she's gone completely. And I know some things about Jews, you know. I said, well, number one, your mother lives on in you. You're her child, and you love her. So number two, she lives on in the life of God. She has an immortal soul. So don't fret fret about that. I says, even Jews understand that, some of them. Anybody with common sense understands that. There's a life force in every person that comes from God. We only cooperate with that. So at the funeral this week, we don't know what state of mind he was in. We don't even know exactly much about her because his mother was out of town. She just found him. Difficult thing for a mother. And I looked at the funeral and he had been cremated, obviously for obvious reasons. And so there was no viewing. And I said to, three of us went, and I said to Brother Pater, I said it was a very medicinal funeral. Everything was very neat and clean. And they had a nice blue urn. And his ashes were there. And then we, as priests, we went and blessed the urn and the ashes. And they had a picture of him there. And a, bo- and a nice bouquet of flowers. And they, put the, they made a procession and put the urn there. 
I thought something was missing because I'm used to having, you know, the dead person's body there. And I thought about that. Then we went to the graveyard, and they didn't stay to put him in the ground. I think we should do that. But you know, these undertakers, they're lazy. They'll do with anything they can get away with. And when somebody falls asleep in the wood and we have the funeral, we should put him in the ground. And most of the priests don't speak up. In all my parishes, I told the undertakers, the person's got to go in the ground, back to Mother Earth. And they gave that sermon about my grandfather and the three mothers, and also in the church. We are too far away from reality. Well, we think we can make laws, and just because we voted on them, they're right. I think the Supreme Court made the right decision because there's nothing in the Constitution about abortion. Should not be. There should not be abortion. Sometimes there's a medical abortion or things like that. We understand that. But it's rare. We can't make laws about rare situations. Especially it's contrary to God's holy will. So this young man, he had a difficult life. He wasn't quite sane. He didn't have all the faculties to deal with that you have. So maybe he got himself in difficulty. God is merciful. I told them that before the world began, every person that was ever going to be in the world is in the mind of God. And when his son was incarnate, he started the process by which he would come into this world. Each one of us is the particular concern of God. That's why you're human. You're in human dignity. But you must also be concerned about God because he loves you. And although people get into difficulty, you must pray for them and not condemn them. Because the last judgment belongs to Jesus Christ, the great high priest. And he died on the cross for each and every one of us, the best and the worst. This young man would go to church with his mom every Sunday and he was fed with the body and blood of the Lord. That was not for nothing. So leave those decisions to Almighty God. Leave suffering in the hands of Almighty God. Leave difficult children in the hands of God. They're given to us for a reason. I remember when I was at 
down in Mississippi, Kusa Air Force Base. I was a hospital chaplain there about nine months, and they sent me to Alaska. And we had one floor where these children were that were, they have a word for them, you know, they have larger heads and things like that. And uh, I'd go up to visit them. They were the most loving people you ever wanted to be around. And they were kind to each other. And some priest said, well, should they have the sacraments, like communion? I said, of course. What's the matter with you? Well, they don't have a reason. I said, of course they have reason. They have love. They won't live too long. Give them the blessed sacrament so they can love the Lord their God and teach them about the love of Christ. Everybody's not perfect. God knows none of us are perfect. But we can be healed and heal each other by patience and love, especially in the most dire situations. I went to St. John's Hospital. They sent me to anoint a parishioner, and I went there. I never liked hospitals too much. It's just too much for me. Sad. But some parts are good. Babies are born, things like that. That's okay, but a lot of sick people, a lot of sick children, I just don't like it. But I go. I go for the rest. So I went into the room. I went there to anoint him. And they had him in isolation. And so I went and anointed him, and then I said, why are you in isolation? He says, well, I have an infection. So he says, am I going to die? I said, probably you're going to die, but you're not going to be alone. You're going to be with our loving Lord. And you've lived a good life, so have no fear. He did die. We had a beautiful funeral. Life is not a party. It's a progress to God's holy kingdom. It has many loving, beautiful times. At the same time, I used to say we live on the edge of sadness. Even when we're happy, we're sad. Especially children. Watch them carefully. I ponder in this beautiful life of John the message he wanted to give us of love. The light of the world had come. He wanted to prepare the way each and every of us to embrace our Savior. Pride, arrogance, false learning, false philosophies get in the way. Don't do that. Don't take a man-made thing or thought or teaching and make that your criteria of faith. Your criteria of faith is the life of Christ. And you are Christ. And the life you should be leading is not your own. It's the life of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, 